Who wants to tell you who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. We got coffee with Mike here, and today we get to talk about nutrition, uh, something that a lot of entrepreneurs, business professionals, just people in general, honestly, just seem to throw out the window and forget, and citing whatever, whatever reasons, time, culture, what have you, but bottom line is is that nutrition is definitely something that's very important and I wanted to bring somebody on who is well versed in that realm so much so that he's actually created a system around it so I would like to welcome to Java chat Mr. Joel Green thanks for joining us today bro hey thank you thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure awesome hey so let's um let's jump right into this uh, you you created and I'm, I'm gonna read this well and of course, <laughs> we got to do it this way. <laughs> uh, it says here, Joel is the creator of the Veep Nutrition System, V-E-E-P, the world's first commercially available program based on targeting gut communities to affect, oh, good, good. We have stuff to talk about. Uh, gut communities to affect health and body composition. Yeah, let's not look at mine's place. His system has been used by some of the nation's largest employers, including major cities and hospitals. He's been featured on Dr. Phil's show, Storylines. Uh, he's also a featured author, speaker, and consultant for nutrition companies. So this guy can consults the guys that consult us. Um, Top-tier publications and major podcasts. Well, and some of the minor ones. We're so glad you're here. Um, beginning with the first article on the gut biome revolution to the health and fitness community written in 2007, he has amassed the largest known body of outcomes targeting the gut biome. He's the author of The Immunity Code, New Paradigm for Real Health and Radical Anti-Aging. Of course, we'll have that link in the description for those of you who want to grab that book um, because we're probably going to talk about it a little bit. Um, Joel's devoted over 50 years to the pursuit of health, nutrition, and anti-aging. We just found out that we have some mutual friends in that community. Uh, he was training intervals in the 19th century. Jeez, dude, really? Yeah. You were doing hit training back in the 70s? Holy crap. Um, taking yeah. MCTs in the late 80s. Uh, keto, man, the first MCTs were horrible. Um, keto in the, I, yeah, I did that too. Keto in the early 90s, which I'm just kind of getting savvy to personally, and targeting AMPK by 2009. You are not 55. That's bullshit, dude. I call bullshit on that one. You do not look 55. You are 55. not. Are you seriously 55? Jesus. Um, he's a 100% natural athlete. Yeah, got to be if you look like that. Uses no ergogenic aids while working out on average once per week and eating whatever, what, okay, that's it. We, we talk. That's it. Out. Enough. Enough. I don't need to say anymore. What the hell, dude? <laughs> 55. <clears throat> no ergonomics, which a lot of my friends, because of our powerlifting days, are already using stuff like that by the time they were in their 30s. Um, I, I've done bodybuilding and power bodybuilding, power lifting. Um, I don't need any ergonomics, but then again, I'm not going nuts like I used to. What's the story, man? How'd you come up with all of this? I mean, where's this all come from? Uh, it was a lot of it was necessity. Uh, I I was actually in the well, kind of a fitness you know junkie my whole life, and who hasn't been? I mean, really? Yeah, 
right? Yeah. And, and then right about 2003 uh, through 2006, I wound up running this company and I was uh, working 15 hours a day. And we were, you know, your typical startup story, you know, just growing really fast, revenue mm-hmm. shooting through the roof, nothing mm-hmm. but problems, got to figure everything out as you go. And uh, I just, I got fat. And it, the reason I got fat was because all the stuff that I had kind of, you know, learned how to do didn't work when you took away time, just didn't work. So uh, I, I really needed a way to um, make things work with zero time. And that turned out to be the problem that everybody has. Everybody, like if you're not paid to be fit, then the problem you're up against is that you're going to find very real, very serious constraints on your time from time to time, meaning travel, social eating, uh, pressure, you know, family, just all kinds of things. And so um, the, uh, the, the prescription I discovered for taking care of the body uh, doesn't really work that great outside of the ecosystem of just being fit as a way of live, making a living. And mm-hmm. if you're in the ecosystem of business, uh, it, it kind of falls apart. What happens, the average person will, you know, kind of um, read a book or, 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 you know, start a program and they'll, they'll kind of get this sort of uh, thing put upon them of, hey, you have to make time. <laughs> yeah. And okay, yeah. So they, they try and make time and they do for a while, but then eventually what happens is uh, other things compete for resources of time because that's not how you make your living. Mm-hmm. Time goes to zero. And then when it goes to zero, all the weight comes back typically, all the you know issues come back. And so um, everything I did was really about finding something that could work in real life and work for real people because I was one of them. And so I was not a guy who got paid to be fit. And so. No, no disrespect to anybody who is paid. Well, no, yet, you know? not at all. Not, 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 yeah. No, 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 no disrespect to anybody that gets to sit in the gym all damn day, which is my favorite place. But you know, no, 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 no bad feelings towards them because they get to sit down and look pretty all day and get paid to do it. You know, just no, not mad at them at all. But for the rest of us normal you get people, paid to look awesome. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. And your nutrition knowledge is basically zero. Um. <laughs> That's not true. There's a lot of guys out there that really do know their stuff. There's, um, I, I used to actually a lot, be one, a lot of really great food. Yeah, I, I actually used to be one of those guys that got paid to look good. And only thing was I got paid to talk about looking good more than actually looking good. I was one of the guys that was a okay. I was a personal trainer and nutritionist for a while. Um, nowhere near what you're doing, but I mean, I did that, um, and I was able to maintain a decent um, physique, being a mesoendo. For those of you that that know those those terms um i had a hard time looking you know really good so to speak i don't get the natural six packs i don't get the natural i mean i'm I'm a block so my my body my body style is just not one that looks like a super v or you know i'm not one of those guys that you see in the model pictures today it's mm-hmm. not it's it's a lot worse today than it ever has been but when you're when you're talking about people like us we're entrepreneurs is what we do yeah, business professionals, people that are out there working. I don't care if that's frontline from custodial, custodial engineers all the way up to the CEO. Our time is our biggest challenge. You created a system that somehow gets around this. Mm-hmm. So how does, how does yeah. that work? What is, what, what, is this, what is this system that you've created? Well, I, uh, I had to write a book to kind of describe the whole thing. Um, <laughs> And, you know, kind of, kind of the long and the short of it is that we have to kind of rethink a lot of things. 
Yeah, you have to rethink just about everything. Um, we have to, first of all, you have to, you have to get completely real about what really happens over time. Um, completely real. Because until you do that, you're, you're never going to solve anything. And so getting real about what happens over time is very difficult because you have to kind of really inventory, not just, not just sort of the illusory aspect of, oh, I got mm -hmm. in shape, I solved everything. Mm -hmm. I have this whole section in my book talking about how getting in shape doesn't solve anything, doesn't solve the problem. Like, you can get in shape. Big deal. I've been in shape lots of times, like really good shape. doesn't Same solve anything. It solves, solves nothing. It doesn't solve the long-term problems of the body. So the long-term problems of the body that we're up against really are problems related to aging and decline. And when we begin to unpack aging and decline and go, well, mechanistically, what's going on here, um, what you begin to see is that everything touches on the immune system. Everything. Mm -hmm. And in fact, aging is essentially, uh, you, can, you can liken aging to uh, the body is treating aging as if it's one giant injury that it's trying to heal from. Mm -hmm. And it goes into overdrive. And so mm -hmm. you get this overexpression of immune mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And rethinking sort of the aging process, when we look at it that way, we see, wow, you know, immune mechanisms are at the center of this. We have to account for all that, particularly with body fat. But the other thing is we have to, we have to just inventory what really happens. What really happens over time is, is, is this. You see yeah. a kind of a sine wave, yep. but it progresses upward. It goes mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so what, what, what these lower valleys are, the period you get in shape. But then what you see are these peaks where you get out of shape and get back in, get out, get yeah. back in. Get That's out, the back. roller coaster. But yeah. The really interesting thing is the roller coaster, uh, despite the peaks and the valleys, is actually tilted upward. It's doing this. And what I routinely see with people that I deal with uh, is they get into their 40s and 50s is they, they could get in shape really well when they were young. They, you know, everything worked. And then as they get older, uh, they can't lose fat. Uh, they, can't, they, can't, they can't diet. They can't get in shape. And there's reasons why this is true. Mm -hmm. So once we start with that, we start with that premise, like, getting in shape is not solving anything and we begin to unpack why mm -hmm. uh, it'll take you down a rabbit hole that won't end it will not end and we'll just keep going further and further down the rabbit hole mm -hmm. what you're going to discover is that um the act of shrinking fat cells itself sets the body up for weight gain so we've been we've been trained to think oh if i just shrink my fat cells i solve everything yay <laughs> but the reality actually is no it's like a world dominoes that you just tripped and what you're doing is you're setting this in motion mm -hmm for very complex reasons. And then the other thing we have to get very real about is periods of zero time. And, yeah. you know, there'd be like a really good reality show if you were to take, um, if you were to take like, um, you know, a, a bunch of people who, you know, just love to work out and love to be fit and then put them in a house and, and give them like, you know, really like demanding gigs. They got to do 15 hours a day of something other than working out. Yeah. And, and they're not allowed to not allowed to work out, not allowed to do anything. And then ask, well, what's the solution? Because that's the reality most people face yeah. for varying periods. Not all the time, but varying periods of time, people will have these realities where they'll, they'll just tell you, I just don't have time. And it's real. It's very real. And the, the, the thing is, like, well, just make time. No, 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 cut it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. And I, I, I spent my whole life trying to, trying to be fit. So um, you need a solution that works when time goes to zero. That's right. A big part of the problem. Yeah, the, it's interesting you mentioned put everybody in a certain place and kind of close them off from the working out and, and quote unquote being fit. 
we're going through that right now in quite a few places in this country where people don't know what to do with themselves and they're stuck at home. Right. Yeah. And we have yeah. this, I, I have numerous friends that are professionals and even people that are, um, and cause it's not just entrepreneurs. It's, it's the whole spectrum of, of professions. They're at home and they're like, I gained 10 pounds over this last lockdown. And I'm like, okay. Which caused me to go jump on the scale and go, well, damn it. So did I. And it's because again, the one, the, the not going anywhere. I do try to get out at least once or twice a day, even though it's 110 degrees outside. Doesn't matter if there's a breeze. Yeah. It's a convection oven, but I'll go out for a little bit to get up and do something um, has to be. I mean, if you, if you, otherwise you're sitting, I sit at this computer all day, you know, working, doing things, yep. coming up with creatives, talking to people, blah, blah, blah. Before there was, there was, I got up in the morning, went to the gym, but can't even really go to our gym right now. They want you wearing a mask in the gym. And I'm thinking, how am I supposed to breathe? I do, I do hit training. I do Tabata training. I wear a mask. I'm going down. I've already seen what it's like for me, just walking around with a mask without working out. I can tell that I'm losing oxygen because I get, I get tired quick. I'm, you know, being 48. So we're looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, so we have this time challenge. If it's not, and I've, I've heard this one too. Um, abs are made in the kitchen. It's an old statement. We all know that one. And it has to do with diet. And there's this whole thing around, gut health, which I'm fairly sure this, some of your, your book goes into. Um, but this, this is a, this is a whole thing that people have never really paid attention to is that I've, I've heard all kinds of stuff. Like the fact that, that digestion is actually an external function rather than an internal function. And, and that kind of blew my mind um, that, you know, gut health matters because if your gut's healthy, the rest of your body can be healthy. And there are, I'm sure you have friends that are physicians that, that are in this realm that will attest to this. Um, I don't know all of the studies, but maybe you can touch on a little bit of that and start explaining, you know, why is this stuff important? What is it that, that this helps with immune centric health, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, well, the first couple things, first thing to understand that is that, um, a lot of behavioral things that you think are, are, are your choices really aren't like when it comes to cravings, uh, really the, the rule of thumb is that your cravings, are not even yours. You're just you're just craving whatever the dominant species in your gut is actually craving in order to thrive and survive. So you see gotcha. this reality where people like, you know, they'll try and eat really tight during the day and they get home and they explode and just gotta go eat a bunch of carbs and you know there's craving sweets and stuff. Well that's that's just that the, the the dominant species in your gut is craving those things and it's bedtime and they want you to feed them and they get you to do it. And so, so cravings are very, very steerable. Those, those, very dirty, steerable those, 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 little, those little dominant little turkeys, they just, they, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they actually make you think it's you. So then you lay all the guilt on yourself. <laughs> we got him, we got him. He's feeding us carbs. Here it comes, the spaghetti. <laughs> he did it again. He did it. We got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, the reality is that cravings are super steerable. You can steer them very easily just by changing up uh, the, the, the substrate or the source you're giving the gut. Um, but the really important thing to kind of understand is that, um, you know, you've, you've heard this, you've heard this um, you know, saying like immunity begins in the gut. Well, actually, immunity itself began, began in the gut. 
the whole the body's entire immune system started in the gut. Okay. And so, uh, particularly with this COVID thing, um, uh, the, the the gut is far more involved in susceptibility to things like uh, COVID nineteen and, and just immunity in general than we really than we really far more than we previously understood. So, if you want, you know, but what you've seen a lot of right now is like immunity is sort of like this ancillary ornament on a Christmas tree, you know, like, oh, you just, you just add this one, you know, vitamin D and vitamin A, you're, you're good. But, but the reality is that uh, immunity actually is the center of all the body's functions. And so if you want, if you want real immunity and real protection from things, then you have to literally start in the gut because everything else is going to fan out from there. And there's, there's super good, super technical um, reasons why that's true. Um, but suffice to say that um, the health of the gut, Maybe an easy way to think of it is this. Immunity has a whole lot to do with membranes. It has a whole lot to do with linings that protect and separate you from the outside world. And every day you take in the outside world and you put it inside your body, but it never becomes part of you. It's actually still the outside world. Mm -hmm. And that's a tricky thing to think about. Uh, and your gut, the job of the gut is to kind of pick and choose what parts of the outside world to let in. And um, I use the analogy in my book, like if you were to take a, piece of skin and just cut off a two inch patch and put some salami on that, uh, you'd have a problem really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it gets very similar. So when the lining in the gut gets worn down and you, you eat salami, you have a similar problem. It's very, very, very serious, very fast. So, uh, and you, you eat salami, you have a similar problem. It's very, very, very serious, very fast. So uh, keeping the linings that uh, protect the body from the outside world working the way they should is, is, is super important. So when you're, okay, so we're talking about gut lining. And that, guys, just when, when talking about gut, we're not just talking about stomach. Okay, we're talking about all the, all the way, all the way through, all the way through to the bottom. Um, there are, because mm -hmm. I've read some of some stuff around this too. Um, I, I believe they're, they're lectins, I think are what they're called. That, that mm -hmm. cause micro tears in the in the lining of the stomach and in, and then in, uh, intestines and things of that nature and they, they can literally open up a big enough tear that toxins can get in and that's just probably one aspect we're talking about you're talking about nutrition uh, I'm talking about toxins at this point I'm sure there's two more rabbit holes we can run down but when we're talking about gut health how do you or what kinds of things do you take into consideration that you should be looking at when it comes to what you're going to take from the outside world and mm -hmm. give to your body to see if it'll take it. I mean, is there a process? Is there a, 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 a theory or, or, you know, some kind of protocol that you can, you know, begin looking at, okay, my gut's screwed up. I get it. What do I do to fix it? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> we now have the real subject matter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You and I would have too much fun just hanging oh, out. Trust me, then. <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. We can talk about this all day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'd be, I'd be going into Dark City a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Once more. Once more, we see the same results here. <laughs> I love my film. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're, we're going to have to nerd up way too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So a, uh, a con concept here, a really important concept, in fact, I spent like two chapters writing about this, mm -hmm. is that um, uh, we are in an era that we're going to look back on in the future, and mm -hmm. we're going to 
look back on it and see that um, you know, we kind of thought we had things figured out and we were just doing some really dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of this leads to a single concept. It's the most important concept you will ever get about the body. And it's one word, and the word is balance. <laughs> and it's when you, when you study how every major system in the body works, what you're going to see is one thing rises above all others, and that's that balance is health and imbalance is disease. Yeah. So yeah. you cannot <clears throat> describe any disease without using the word imbalance. You cannot. It's impossible. It's that can't say, well, you've got an imbalance in these cells that are dividing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. well, you have an imbalance of fluid. You know, the word imbalance is going to pop up. So, mm-hmm. Now, the irony of that is that we are in an era that is seeking to obtain health through imbalance input into yep. the body. Yeah. So that's, that's what this whole era is all about. Like, uh, plants are bad. You should eat all meat. Imbalanced meat. Meat's good. Or, or no, meat's bad. Meat's very bad. Imbalanced plants. And that's the solution. Yeah. Or, or imbalanced fats. And not take in an imbalance of fats. And that's going to solve everything. So, so it brings up a really interesting question, which is um, with, if imbalances in the body are disease, mm. will sustained imbalances in the diet produce health long-term or produce disease yeah. long-term? Yeah. And that, that is a, that is a, cha- a game-changing question because uh, the answer, I'll tell you, is it will produce disease. It doesn't even matter. Healthy inputs imbalance over long periods will produce disease in the body. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. So mm-hmm. and you can prove it with water. Like water is super healthy. You need water. It's healthy. You, should, you drink water. If you imbalance water, you're going to die. Okay? Um, and you can go down the list and, and make a case. So mm-hmm. where it concerns the gut, the really, the, the really interesting, fascinating thing to understand is that um, – in this era, we seek our, our truths through story and narrative, like, mm-hmm. like well, how should, what should we eat? And it's a story. It's like, well, a billion years ago, our ancestors ate just meat. You know, you, you hear this? Um, Way too often, dude. If you, from, <laughs> if you get away from story, then you go, well, I, well, okay, that's nice, but let's look at the mechanism. It's, it's yeah. kind of like, that's nice, but let's see how the engine of the car actually works, yeah. okay? yeah. When you begin to dissect mechanistically what happens and then work backwards, here's what you get. The upper part of the gut, meaning the intestines, uh, is, really needs animal products to sustain it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'll get into that in a second. And the lower part of the gut, which is the colon, really needs plants to be optimal. And so the, the upper gut is really, really needs animal products. The lower gut really needs plants in order to be optimal. They need both. They need a balance of both. Mm-hmm. The balance of both in the diet, and here's why. So the the lower part of the gut, which is the colon, a lot of digestion is done in the colon. Uh, the primary fuel for the cells that line the colon are what is, is a source we call butyrate, and those mm-hmm. those cells are called colonocytes. And mm-hmm. butyrate is really best fermented by plants, and so you'll, you'll eat plant sources. And then the bacteria in your gut are going to sort of ferment this compound called butyrate. And then butyrate gives you, you know, immunity to ca- against uh, protection against things like cancer and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. cells work optimally. And it's what they need. And it's also what they need to keep the lining of the gut intact. But when you look at the upper part of the gut, it's very interesting what you see is that the enterocytes, or the cells that line the intestines, they optimally need aminos to function correctly. So, so their primary fuel source is glutamine. That's what they prefer for energy. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, like, well, where can we get glutamine? Like, your best 
the most readily available sources of glutamine are going to be, you know, animal products. Like there's mm -hmm. two mm -hmm. to three to four times the amount of glutamine in a steak that you would find in most other plant products. So right. it's much easier to get, get. And you hear this in the carnivore community, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear this thing like, well, meat heals, bro. It heals, <laughs> meat heals. And it's very true. It's actually very true because. It's just the way that they say it a lot of times. I think a lot of people just, they, they, they discount, they, the, the populace looks at it and goes, oh, that's too one-sided or the sound of it. So it just doesn't sound right. I'm just like, yeah, that doesn't mean that it's not correct. <laughs> it just means you don't like the way they said it. It's bro science. You know, yeah. No way, bro. Me heal, bro. Bro yeah. science. I love <laughs> Look, bro. I got to remember that. It's, it's bro. You know, it's the way. It's, it's the way. Yeah. I, I just rolled really my eyes in the back of my head for that one. But it's true. There's, I mean, we, we have this, we have this need for both. It, it's kind of funny when I see people going, just like you said, they go to one side and they've completely missed the other side. And I don't care which side you're on, whether it's the vegan, the vegetable side or the, the meat side. It's always been about balance and being mm -hmm. able to make sure that the whole works together. You can't treat one wonderfully and mistreat or not treat the other with what it needs at least at least this is what i've learned from my friends that are all into the gut health kind of thing you got to you got to take care of the whole thing or or like you said the imbalance will create disease and, and speaking to your point the, the more the, that whole statement imbalance is disease it doesn't matter what you're talking about ph balance water water deficiency nutrition deficiency all of them they're all, they all attribute to some kind of disease or some kind of sickness that you end up getting eventually because you're out of balance. You know, when mm -hmm. they say overload on, on, on vitamin C, well, you can overload on vitamin C. It's mm -hmm. the whole too much mm -hmm. of a good thing isn't good. Mm -hmm. When you get back to that whole, that whole story about balance and having at least something, you know, maybe it's not red meat. There was the whole thing going around, what was it, um, early 2000s. Uh, late 90s blood type diets and I looked at right. that and I was like um okay and I have some friends that that something worked for them because they stopped they weren't able they were they were told they weren't able to eat chicken it was toxic to them and they need more vegetables now but and fish is the protein for the meat I, I guess but it's like they almost went completely vegan lost a lot of weight but I look at them I'm like you don't look normal to me. I mean, mm, yeah. am I missing something there, or just it just no. something doesn't seem no. right? And, and again, no. Not, again, if you're vegan, I mean, no disrespect. I understand the reasons for that. Uh, I understand too. I'm not against it. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's like, yeah. where's the balance? Exactly. Yeah, and, and it's very true that, that there's a so there's a power that um, I have personally witnessed, um, I've seen this myself, so no one can convince me this isn't true, but I've seen it happen. Um, there's a power to a wide range of super healthy food that is unique and can't be found in any other uh, idea about food. And I have seen things that uh, go beyond what drugs can do. Like I, I've, seen a, uh, I've seen a woman who was 322 pounds on 22 meds uh, with no exercise in three months go off all meds with perfectly normal blood work just from a wide range of super healthy foods, you know, so like pomegranate, salmon, uh, steel-cut oats, like lean grass-fed meats, uh, asparagus, raspberries, blackberries, 
when you take foods that have an inherent function, you know, and then you get a wide range of those, there's, there's a healing power that, that is found nowhere else, and it is unique to that. So, um, you know, to so the idea that um, balance is health, um, you can add to that idea that um, balance in the diet from super healthy food sources will long-term uh, produce the, the most profound states of health that you can experience. Not to say that, and here's the problem. Uh, what you see is, um, I call this sort of a time mapping. Mm. We've gotten into this thing of thinking that, you know, you, you do something, you get a result, and then, well, it must be permanent because I got a result. Right. But that's not how most things work. Most things in the body, the way they work is you'll get a spike up front, and then long-term you'll get this. And then very often, the long-term actually gets into the negative. Mm. Yeah. Because it goes, mm. it goes under the line. And that's true of almost anything about true drugs. Like if you, you go on like, uh, you know, caffeine. You know, it's amazing in the beginning, and in the long term, there's just problems. Or SSRI reuptake inhibitors. They worked at first, they were great, and in the long term, there's problems. Well, that same thing is true of dietary protocol. So um, you can go on a specific diet, like a keto diet or, you know, a carnivore diet, and, and you'll see amazing results up front, absolutely. Um, but what you're going to see long term is that uh, the effect in the long term most often opposes the benefits in the short term. And that's very true. Yeah. I've seen that. Uh, I've, I've done this for a very long time, and it's, I can say that's 100% true. Yeah, it goes back to the whole – just keeps going back to balance. I mean, if you're going to – keto is just like really restricting your body from using a certain nutrient. And if you do it over a long period of time – in fact, I, th I think I saw something come out recently saying that keto is just not a sustainable lifestyle. It's not something that you can do forever because um, you're, essentially, you're essentially blocking your body from getting certain things it's going to need eventually. Um, it, it, yeah, I wrote uh, – go ahead. Sorry. I was, I was going to say, you know, just kind of going back to the gut thing, um, I believe in your book you write about um, – it's one of the first things, in fact, I think you write in your book um, to restore gut lining. There's a term in there called akamansia. Is that, is that correctly said? Acromancy, okay. Um, and you, you go into, and this is interesting to me because I've always, everything with, with fruits and vegetables, the skin is where the nutrition is at. And you, you dive in with apples, which is my mom's favorite. Um, and, and not exactly a non-favorite for me. I actually like apples too. Um, what's the story with the skin? Why, hey, why is that? Right. Yeah, mom's definitely right. Unfortunately, I have to go to the store every like twice a week um, <laughs> for another bag. <laughs> It's her snack. It's it's what she it's what yeah. she snacks on. It's all good. Um, yeah. But what's the story with skins? What's how does that how does that help? What is what's what's the story there? Well, in, in specific to my book, um, if you ask the question, how did the gut begin? How did things get kicked off? You know, what what happened? What were the sequence of events that happened? Mm -hmm. um, two things are going to come up. One is uh, breast milk. Mm -hmm and the components in breast milk, uh, particularly um, a very special class of sugars called human milk oligosaccharides. Okay. And these are, are, we'll get into these, they're very, very specific sugars and have very unique effects in the gut, particularly on immunity. Mm -hmm. And the other is uh, substrate, which is just another word for um, food to feed bacteria. And when we look at like um, the gut, we go, well, you know, there's lots of bacteria in the gut, but, you know, are there any that really seem to correlate with uh, being lean, with health and long life? And, and is this kind of consistent across, you know, all groups of people? There's two bacteria that stand out. 
One is bacteria and all of the subspecies of that. And then there's mm-hmm. another one called Acromantia mucinosa. And, you know, all lean, long-lived, and healthy people have these two bacteria. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, uh, well, great, uh, what does Acromantia mucinosa do? Well, it's, it's the primary bacteria that maintains the gut lining. <clears throat> that um, it's common to all lean people and it, and it, it kind of like got some superpowers. One of the things mm-hmm. that it can do is that um, when you see people that can eat anything and never gain weight, they probably have a bunch of acromancy in their gut because what it does is it contracts the surface area of the gut and so you actually absorb, absorb fewer calories. You mean, you mean the people that we hate because they can eat whatever? Those yeah. people? Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Those people. Yes. Those people. We yes. can, so we can just uh, basically so take their stomachs and just eat them good. We can replicate those stomachs, and then we can be hated ourselves. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a great age to be hated, by the way. That's <laughs> yeah. Never going to solve anything with hate, but regardless of that, um, that's true. So, yeah. So uh, when you look at like, well, well, what feeds this bacteria? How can we feed this sucker? Well, it turns out um, the skins of apples have a couple of very, very, very unique. Um, things going on in them. One of them is uh, they have a very specific type of phenol called a highly polymerized procyanidin. And it's just, it's a phenol. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, we think of phenols are color pigments. Um, and, these, and phenols can do a lot of amazing things. You know, we find them in green tea, we find them in fruit, we find them, you know. Well, what these quote unquote highly polymerized procyanidins are, they're just super giant. They're, they're uh, on, the, on the atomic scale, uh, which is measured in Daltons, where most phenols are 100, 200 uh, Daltons long. These are 30,000 Daltons in size. Oh. So they're very big, and because they're so big, they don't absorb very well, actually. They, they really don't absorb at all. Uh-huh. And so it turns out that when these giant sort of phenol molecules get into a very particular part of the gut called the cecum, um, they basically park kind of in there and they ferment. And because they ferment and they sit and ferment and ferment, they make eight times the acromantia of any other known food. So that's why apple peels are kind of like a starter kit. Yeah. Because it's a way to restore and replete acromantia. Most of us have uh, worn down gut lighting issues as we get older from sugar and other things. So acromantia is half the equation. Right. Um, it's a third of the equation. The other half is um, human milk oligosaccharides. And um, there's one I talk about in my book. It's called 2 fucosal lactose And 2 fucosal lactose um, it, you find it in baby formula. Uh-huh. And it, it does some amazing things. It's, it's part of a it's, – it's part of a group of molecules called um, HBGAs, which are histone blood group antigens. Mm-hmm. And they act as decoys. So what happens is when these things get in the infant gut, uh, viruses and uh, different types of bacteria need to bind to, um, to receptors in the gut. And these, these very long chain um, human milk oligosaccharides act as decoys and they bind to things like human novovirus or H. pylori. And so they actually help immunity to get established in the gut. The other thing they do is... Um, you mentioned lectins, and lectins are actually not all bad. Uh, lectins are, are actually very good in a lot of cases. Uh, one example is with immunity in the gut and getting immunity established, there's a class of lectins called cell lectins. And what cell lectins do is they help, um, they help uh, things like secretory IgA 
and they help other like sort of immune factors bind to the lining of the gut wall. Mm-hmm. And without that, what happens is that these sort of immune-centric um, molecules that we need will just tumble down the gut wall, and they won't adhere. So very, very important um, to establish the natural immunity of the gut. Um, hey, Michael, uh, take a little break for a second. I think my – go ahead and say something. I think my earphones went out. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, hang on. So this is, this is uh, – I'm going to put it on pause for a second. And we're back, guys. Uh, took a short little break. Technology was not agreeing with us for some reason, and uh, we seem to have uh, beaten it back into submission. So <laughs> we're going to get back into this. Uh, we were, yeah, right. We were discussing. Um, we were discussing. Acomen- Say it again. Acomancia. Mm-hmm. Okay, Acomancia. Acomancia mucinopa. Yeah. Yeah, and, and why they're important and how they affect the gut lining and how. And guys, we're talking about gut health here and and, and being in balance and making sure that you're taking in the right kinds of foods so that the whole gets fed the way it's supposed to be fed. I mean, uh, we were talking about red, red apple skins. And then I, I think you, in your book, you also get into uh, red phenols and, and mm-hmm. HMO. And you're going to have to explain that one by what, what it is, you know, what it's, what's the actual, cause I know it's a long term, but you know, why, why those combined actually matter. Um, if you want to jump in on that and, and dig in a little bit, go for it. Yeah, sure. So, uh, so again, just coming back to the question, like, well, how, how did immunity actually begin? Yeah. Get, not, how did it get started? And it gets started. It got started in breast milk. Mm-hmm. And one of the key components in breast milk are these long chain sugars. Uh, they're actually called glycan, which is proteins bound to sugar. Yeah. And whenever you look at immunity in the body, uh, what you're going to find are glycans. So, mm-hmm. so sugar proteins are foundational, essential to immunity. And the gut has, um, the, uh, the gut uses these, these glycans for a number of different things, but you find them usually in uh, membrane linings. And so uh, there's this one particular- uh, Oh, wait, wait, our membrane linings or the membrane of, of foods that we take in? Ours. No, the membrane linings of our gut, yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay. Really, any membrane lining in the body, whether it's, you know, uh, wherever you find membranes, you're going to find glycans. Over 40% of the proteins in our body are actually glycans bound up Got in it. sugar. Got it. So Got it. what you see is that in the gut, um, these, these long-chain milk sugars, uh, particularly one called uh, 2-fucosolactose, mm. have uh, just this incredible uh, effect on immunity in the mm. gut, and they, mm-hmm. it helps immunity to get kick-started in the gut and you really need these long-chain sugars they they act essentially as viral decoys and they do a lot of other things in the gut that are essential they help to maintain the gut junctions so they help the the gut the gut to close up and then uh the 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 phenols in apple skins actually do some similar things they actually Mm -hmm. work on these proteins in the gut junctions called claudins and they kind of command them to shut so together what you see is um that if you're if you're not coming from you know, uh, like, like IBS or colitis or some really serious kind of, you know, gut inflammatory issue, mm-hmm. that this is a really great way to kind of kickstart the gut. And what you'll hear anecdotally from people who do it is that uh, you, you go through like a little bit of nausea the first day or two, and then you feel mind-boggling. Um, and the reason you feel nausea is it's very similar what happens when a fever breaks. Um, when you begin to spin up one type of bacteria in the gut, the competing bacteria starve out, they die, their gut breaks open and it spills what's called like polysaccharide into the gut and that penetrates the gut line and makes you feel kind of nauseated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
so that's what's going on the first day or two. But then after that, the bacteria that are replacing those bacteria all make B vitamins. And so literally you're just, you're kind of like, I, you feel like a kid again, your energy's through the roof. And it's very, very common to hear this. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the gist of that protocol and, and why it's so effective. Now, if you have um, existing issues, like, you know, kind of inflammatory gut issues, then you need to start with amino acids. Mm. Um, and you need to start with uh, different combinations of aminos like glutamine and arginine in the gut uh, so that those help the gut sort of heal up and repair. And what kind of like, what, what, what kind of, um, cause they come in different forms. Some are liquid, some are, are capsulated, but what's, what's been the most, uh, what would you suggest would be a good, um, format to begin introducing that to your gut? If you have those kinds of, cause I have, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that will be listening to this that do. Um, that have inflammatory issues of that sort. I have a few friends that have IBS and it's like, I feel bad for them, you know, and I don't, I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, um, I don't even know where to begin. How do, what yeah. do they, and their doctors yeah. don't have anything but drugs. And I'm just like, yeah. not helping. Uh, but what, what, yeah, what would you uh, suggest? Jello. <clears throat> Jello. <laughs> yeah. We are going to have a good time. Come back to Vegas. I'll show you a Jello. <laughs> Yeah, no, Jello is a great place to start. Uh, Jello is loaded in glycine, and so uh, I like to use the no calorie Jello. I think it's like five calories, and what it does is it uh, has a, glycine has a number of effects, not just on the gut but also on fat loss. Um, mm -hmm. If you're if you're really lean and you, and you have Jello at night and you wake up, you'll see the difference. Like I, one of my one of my buddies is the guy that founded Quest Nutrition, Ron Penna, and he was asking me about Jello and. Uh, and, you know, he was like, hey, uh, this, this glycine thing, you know, and because and, and <laughs> he took it and he woke up and his gut was sucked in. And it, it's really great for fat loss, but it's really great, really great for healing the gut. So if you have gut issues, what you'll notice is it's very soothing and your poop gets really smooth and, you know, constipation issues are much less. And so a glyc jello and glycine. Is you'll, you'll, need to send, you'll need to send me a, uh, the brand that you prefer. I'll, I'll have to try that. And for numerous reasons but uh, yeah that that sounds that sounds awesome i mean i i use jello jello just jello 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 yeah like junk food jello yeah yeah oh that's right because they have the they have the the what is it the sugar-free or the whatever version yeah yeah they have the no calorie so like i'll you know they have them these little four packs like yeah i'm i'm a part part of the whole thing of making stuff work in the real world is money yeah no kidding you can't turn this into a rich man's sport, you know, like, no. like you have to come up with ways to do yeah. this that are inexpensive. And so I use a lot of like cheap hacks, like a lot of things you can get at Walmart, a lot of things that you can get off the shelf, uh, like Jello, and, and they work this, fantastic. And like, this fantastic. is the stuff, this is the stuff that people, and, and, and because the industry in and of itself is a multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar industry, they have a tendency to, to really try to put it out of reach. I mean, look at some of the supplement companies. What for only forty nine ninety nine a month, you can have this one thing that will absolutely help you. And I look at that and I go, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, I'm a junkie. higher pile of shit I've not seen in a long time, but boy, I see them every other week. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a junkie for that one thing. I mean, my, my cupboard's filled with 30 of those one things. You know? <laughs> the, next, the next great There's one too, thing huh? comes along and I'm like, this is going to be the one. <laughs> Here's the silver bullet. 
No, there's yeah. only one silver yeah. bullet, and that's a beer. Um, it's, <laughs> and I don't even drink that. That stuff. Right, when I go to Vegas, I want to come to your stand-up routine. <laughs> I don't do stand-up. I'm a sitcom. See, I sit. Um, it, <laughs> uh, but I do have a ride that you're going to really enjoy. Uh, the Yeah, I think over half of – I'm glad you said that. Over half of the supplements that are meant to help you lose weight – um, very often focus on just one thing and people fail to read the, the label because yeah. they're so focused on that one thing that's going to get rid of brown adipose fat or that one thing that's going to change your, you know, it goes right, it goes right back to that whole balance concept. And if you're going to do something like, again, we're, we're talking about don't just eat red apples. I mean, make sure you're getting other things in there too. Um, don't just eat gelatin, you know, it, you got to get other things in there too. When you're looking at, by the way, I'm assuming some of these things that you suggest when you're, when you're talking about the, the finding the right deals with things that are in everyday life, this is something they can find on your, your website, right? Uh, it's in my book. A lot of, oh, it's in the book even better. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. and, and again, really guys, business guys, it's really important for business guys. Uh, like, like, like an aspect of what I do that no one believes until like we hang out and it's really true, is um, that I don't do any meal prep and I do everything on the go, usually mostly healthy fast food. You, you, just, you just came, you just became my, my best, bestest friend. Yeah, no one believes that, but it really is true. And actually, it's a level up from that. You can actually eat much healthier on the, on the run. And because, because it's not just the, the there's, there's a number of factors that impinge upon your health overall. And one of them is timing and sequencing and you know, the way foods are sequenced and, and a whole bunch of other things that I had to write a book about. You're, you're going to, you're going to love this story then. And if they catch it, which they may, they may not. But when I worked for a certain company, a, 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 a gym that has a couple of numbers in its name, uh, not saying it cause I don't work for them anymore. Uh, but when I did one of the stories that they were most proud of was the fact that a busy mom <clears throat> that had to, run kids to school, go home and get all the, uh, and all the work done, still have, I, I believe was also working, um, you know, super mom, three, four kids, had to pick, uh, I had to pick up at school, two of her own, I believe, and two others. She had no time for meal prep. There was just no time. Yeah. Yeah. Had, yeah. And, and, and had gotten overweight and really yeah. needed to do something. And this particular company um, had suggested a dieting plan that included a certain chicken, battered chicken product, I'm not going to promote them either, from a very well-known fast food chain that, that, has, that, has, a, that has a clown for its, for its mascot. And this woman lost weight. Not only did she lose weight, she actually was able to still get in shape. She was doing other workouts at home, you know, whenever she could figure out what she was doing. But just from the diet alone, in, including that battered chicken piece in her diet, when she would run after school to go pick up uh, food for the kids, she would get that for herself to what you just said. I've done it too, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll go through a drive through and I will only pick the stuff that is what I understand to be healthier. Uh, so I'm not grabbing the double cheeseburger. I'm more grabbing the, the fish or the, or the chicken products. And if I can get it grilled or something of that nature and it's quick, I, I, I don't have the time to be prepping all the time. And I work from home. 
Well, it's essential in the real world. Uh, it's it, like it's uh, in my book. I talk about. Um, I'm not a big fan of lifestyle. I think lifestyle is just a. It's a delusion. Um, while, living in, while living in a lifestyle, it's, it's, it's a meta lifestyle. It's all an illusion. It's, it's, not, it's not what you they pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, yeah. What is the matrix, right? Um, well, the shit anyway. Just don't pay attention to it. <laughs> well, we, we all live in a lifestyle. It's, it's the lifestyle that gives us cars and refrigerators. And, yeah. You know, prepackaged food, and and you know, uh, you don't yep. have to do, you don't have to expend a lot of energy to, to live. That's that's the lifestyle we live in. So anything else is just a subset of that. But mm -hmm. it's much more important to pick up skills and, and a real skill yeah. that's that's yeah. really valuable that can radically transform your life is learning how to get supremely healthy and lean on the go without meal prep. That's that's mm -hmm. a skill. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm not talking like junk food. I'm talking like healthy foods, but on the go and in the right timing and the right sequence. Like there's a, in my book, there's a hack where um, there's a thing in my book called the two day pattern and I live in it. It's just a, it's a, it's a pattern where we amplify all the signals that, uh, that, that keep you young. We just right. amplify those signals. Okay. And one of the hacks to it is on the second day of it, you do the whole thing out of Starbucks, you know, just on the go. So, and, it, and it's, and really? it's just, yeah. And it's super healthy, super healthy. <clears throat> so um, it's, you know, I'm definitely how. grabbing this book now. Shit. No, I'm <laughs> serious, dude, because that's, that's, you gotta, you gotta understand something. There's, there's a lot of, well, you understand this. I'm just saying this for the listeners and, and, and viewers. You gotta understand something. We live in such a high, fast paced, quote unquote, lifestyle. Um, when it comes to work, even just work. I mean, to be able to, trigger the signals just on a two day cycle without having to freak out about, I didn't have time to make that. I didn't have time to eat that. You know, I, I think a lot of people get so subscribed to the, the protocols. They forget that it's a process that it's not, it's not something that's going to happen first time or second time. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but it's a, it's, it's a process that you have to keep executing in order to keep the body recognizing that oh so this is what we're trying to do well maybe we should pay attention to next next time around maybe we should react better next time around and the body just does it anyway it's not like our brain's doing it our brain's just taking note of it the body itself is going yeah this is what's happening is that is, am i on the right path with that yeah uh -huh. very much yeah mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think I think for the most part, if if and again, guys, the, if you haven't gotten the book, you you'll see the link down below. Make sure you grab one. I'm seriously after that. Just after you sharing that, definitely grabbing the book. I mean, it just makes sense too. It, it, and and there's a whole bunch of this kinds of these kinds of hacks in the in the book, or oh yeah, whole things built around that. Yeah, I make the case very early on in the book that um, that whatever your solution, if it doesn't work over time, it doesn't actually work. Uh huh. So in order to make it work over time, you have to make it work when there's no time. And that's the trick. <laughs> it's truth. It's no, no, truth. I, I laugh because it is true. <laughs> no, listen, I've been doing this my entire life and, uh -huh. and I've lived a long, long ass time, long time. Okay. Yeah. And I've, I've seen everything come and go. I've seen, you know, I've, I've been through several decades of quote unquote fitness. And I can tell you that, um, that, uh, you know, this is all about, everything I've done is just to find what really works over time. And over time, you're going to have seasons where 
Um, you'll have seasons where you do have time, you know, and, and you get in shape and you should, and that's fantastic. And then you're going to have seasons where, you know, uh, you just, you, you just had a kid or, you know, you got in a car accident or you changed jobs or mm. something, you know, something. And, and those seasons when you have no time, um, you have to make things work without time because during those seasons where you have no time, time's still marching on and you're still aging. Yeah. During, and, and that's where a lot of the aging gets done. And what yeah. you see a lot of, especially as people get older, is that um, <clears throat> you, you'll get like uh, these days where a day goes by and you lose a half a percent of something and you mm. never get it back. Mm. It's mm. gone. And then, you know, a six month period goes by and you lost 1% or 2% of, of, you know, something. Yeah. And, and it's gone. You're never going to get it back. And so the trick over time is keeping the momentum going without time intensive strategies. But that's why I call it hacking. The essence of hacking is getting the same results without time. That's what hacks are. And it's essential. And that's why hacking's caught on so much because um, the, the constraints of time in the real life ecosystem, you know, everybody's getting hit to it. Everybody's waking up. So. Who, who in the, who in that community, like one of the names that comes when, when somebody says biohacks or hacks and things like that, one of the first guys that comes to my mind is Dave uh, from mm -hmm. Bulletproof. Yeah, and the amount of studies and stuff that he's done on himself, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. along with some of the things. Um, I, I, not as often as I used to. I used to, I used to live by it religiously. The executive bulletproof coffee mixture, mm -hmm. and yeah. and then I, and then I had a, a, I did a blood test and found out my triglycerides were a little high. I was like, hmm, maybe I should slow yeah. that down. Yeah. Go, going back to balance. Who are the Who are the besides you? Obviously, where can people? learn this stuff i mean this is it's obviously important to to know what to put in your body we're, we're like there's a couple of things you mentioned like hif1 the hell is that how do people learn about this stuff where where are they going to learn that there's a need for this or there's you know what, what should they do besides get the book that's obvious yeah. well besides yeah. get the book where else can people learn this stuff i mean they need to know it uh, not really. The stuff that's in my book is sort of a very new paradigm. Like you don't really find it elsewhere. Uh, and that's, that's why, that's why it seems to be getting like a lot of like buzz and people going, I never heard this before. It's because it's not anywhere else really. That's the stuff about, you know, HIF1 and all the stuff that's in there. It's very, very different, but, um, there's a lot of really good guys out there, you know, good, good biohackers that are really devoted and, uh, you know, um, really students of the game and, you know, um, you just got to kind of hunt around and, you know, Ben Greenfield is a, is an awesome dude. I love Ben. Him. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Really great guy. And he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's full bore into it and just, you know, experimenting away on himself. And I, I think that's kind of the essence. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of the essence of biohacking is that you're really, you're really a science experiment of one. And, and then as things start to work, you share them. And then, you know, as, as they work on two and three and four, you know, you, you just kind of keep going. And that's what happened to me was um, I, I, I did the fitness shtick for 30 plus years. And yeah. at the end of that, um, you know, my, my net return on investment was zero. I was fat. And because um, it didn't work in the ecosystem that most people live in. So mm -hmm. I, I really started like looking at how to hack that ecosystem and, mm -hmm. and hack aging and immunity and all those things. And, you know, like originally everything started with a science experiment of one and it worked and then I started sharing things and that worked. And then I, you know, we did these corporate wellness engagements and it worked for thousands of people and um, it just kind of, kind of started spiraling, you know, there's a, there's a trend here. There's, there's something happening here. It's not just me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very true. <laughs> 
So yeah. as an example, like when you get into these corporate wellness deals, I mean, obviously this has been over 30 plus years that you've done that, but like, what are the, what are the kinds of results that you see I mean, besides people just not being fat anymore? I mean, like, what have you seen? What kind of stories have you, have you facilitated? I mean, literally. Uh, yeah, some really amazing stories that, you know, I, I really kind of just am in awe of because I, I have to confess, I, I didn't understand uh, quote unquote weight loss as a mm. con. I didn't understand it. Like to me, mm. I, I come from the world of just, you know, you work out and you get fit. And so I didn't understand like, like the whole weight loss industry. Like, like to right. me, it was just like, why don't you just work out? I don't, I don't really get it. <laughs> but then what was, I didn't get it. I really didn't. But what started happening was like we would do these wellness engagements like with the city of Phoenix and we'd have 2,000 people in the room. And I would see like, you know, um, uh, you know, cops and sanitation workers and parks and recreation and, you know, people that work real jobs and, you know, just, just their whole day was, uh, you know, eight, 10 hours and getting home exhausted. And, and you know, they weren't, they weren't fit for a living and, and you know, like basically they, they couldn't work out. Right. And I started to understand, like, it, like, you know, oh, there's a difference. There's a difference between uh, what we call fitness and biohacking and weight loss. And it's a very, very, very good reason. A lot of people, uh, for various reasons, have a hard time working out, very hard time. And so food and diet has to do the trick. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I started to see people, like, uh, like one comes to mind, a woman in her 60s. Uh-huh. And we did a follow-up engagement with the city of Phoenix uh, about a, a year or two after an implement. And this woman comes up and she goes, I just want to thank you for saving my life. And I was like, nah. I was like excuse me, I did what? <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> again, I, I, for me, I was really like, I, I can't claim like some, you know, Machiavellian uh, brilliance right. of planning right. everything out. It was a hundred percent, you know, rumbling, stumbling, bumbling, mostly bumbling, a lot of bumbling. That's how we and, all learn though. That's, that's, that's <laughs> nothing unusual about that. It's just a matter of how far do we have to bumble before we finally figure it out. Yeah. And, and she comes up to me and, and I, I was like, I was kind of in, I didn't know what to say. And she showed yeah. me a picture and she'd lost 50 pounds at 64. Wow. Um, and her doctor had said, you know, you, you better get your affairs story. You don't have one. And, uh, and so it was the whole thing of like, just seeing like what was possible without working out, but just through food and diet that people could radically change their lives. Um, it, that, that, that I've seen a lot of that. It's very, very powerful. And not just that um, we did an engagement with a hospital. We had a bunch of medical professionals uh, get on our program and i, I kind of i was naive you know again all the way for me it's been bumbling and stumbling <clears> so uh <clears throat> I, I was under this impression well if you're you know in the medical field you must be really fit and we go to this mm. hospital in pennsylvania and everybody's overweight yeah and and, and i was like and i'd begin but at the end of work with them and see that well that is because these people are working 20 hour shifts sometimes three days at a stretch yeah super high stress yeah when they get done all they want to do is sleep like mm-hmm. for days yeah <clears throat> and um we started seeing things like uh, physiologists and nurses and doctors like really kind of um we had one physiologist who um uh she she had struggled she lost 100 pounds and she'd been struggling with her weight her entire life and it was cravings and she came up and afterwards and it was what i told you earlier that the cravings were completely gone she would get nauseated when she ate sugar which is a whole bacteria thing going on. yeah 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 and just, you know, seeing these stories, like, it's pretty, 
pretty darn amazing, you know, seeing that. Um, and you know, I, I always like to stress that there's no one size fits all solution. Nothing works for everybody. And anybody, Thank you. Thank you. Works for everybody, there, you there's, know? there's been so many, a lot of the stuff that goes out online, a lot of the advertisements, everybody keeps saying it's a one size. Here's the latest and greatest buy. Yeah, and yeah. it's in in my world in the marketing world. It's hey, I can help you get leads by my shit. They're essentially doing the same thing to people without even knowing what their actual situation is, how much time they have, what their diet is actually about. Yeah, they're just well, you can eat pizza, maybe, yep. maybe, but that's yep. not necessarily true for everybody. So you really shouldn't be saying that. No, the, the body is so complex mind-boggling complex the yep. body is like yep. yep. You know, i've spent decades looking at it and i get this a lot from people like are you a scientist are you how do you know this are you a doctor you know it, it's just it's just your fifty thousand hours that's the answer but um nothing like, beats experience brother that's the truth every day i run into stuff i didn't know yeah. every day yeah well, you know and like yeah yeah you, we, some of the things like every once in a while i'll get into some of the research studies the research papers and you know although most of it's greek the, the the briefs about them and tell me about what was what was found out what they find out about certain diseases what they find out about certain studies and all this kind of stuff nobody's got time to read all that shit and i can't do that all the time but the experience of knowing what works in my own body and the experience of watching what it does to other people it's pretty damn clear what works and what doesn't and yeah. again way too often like you said it's not a one size fits all that's just not it's just not real you know, we were, you know, we're not carbon copies of each other. No, and you bring up something really, really important, which is um, the concept of real authority. So mm, there's, three mm. kinds of, there's three kinds of authority, okay? Uh, one kind of authority is uh, credentialized authority. So like we, we see credentials and we're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's the authority, right? Um, and then another kind of authority mm. is subject matter authority. Like you just know the material better than anybody else. Sure. Know, that's a kind of authority. Mm -hmm. But... The, the next kind of authority is experiential, meaning you actually have um, experienced something for yourself and you know that it's true. And that is the highest form of authority. Like, like if you have, because no one can argue that. Like, like if, you know, I come out and I say, you know, like apple skins work for everybody and anybody's ever lived and you go and you're like, well, it didn't work for me. And I'm like, well, I'm the authority. It should work. But, but actually, no, it, it, in your experience, you're, you're the highest authority for that. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know why I'm feeling motivated to say this right now, but I am. Um, if you're listening, uh, you know, we've entered an era of tribalism where people do not think. They just take their info from authorities. And, and really what it is, is it's, um, it's a form of paternalism. Yep. Where we have, we have <clears throat> if you've come from, a, anybody who ever grew up in a dysfunctional family knows that you get this reality inversion shoved on you of, of like, you know, no, uh, here's reality. Uh, Uncle yeah. Joe's not really sneaking into Sissy's room at night, okay? How dare yeah. you? Shame on you, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, really thinking for yourself and in, 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 in trying things for yourself and learning and expanding and experiencing things for yourself is uh, is a form of authority, and I would argue it's it's the highest form of authority. Because I think in not. I think in I think in health, it's the kind of authority that's most necessary. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. even even with all of the stuff that's going around with with the the epi uh, epidemic pandemic whatever you want to call it. Um, you know when you when you're when you're dealing with when you're dealing with viruses and, and things of that nature there's credibility that has to be lent to those who are doing the experiential part of it 
you know, the doctors yes. that are the doctors that are out there treating it, the doctors that are out there dealing with it on a daily or uh -huh. weekly, um, and then maybe some given over to those who are credentialed, depending on their experience. This is now, now. This goes to my own opinion. This is not the opinion of. It's just mine and five dollars gets you a Starbucks, okay? But the guys that are actually dealing with it on daily, guys or gals, the people that are dealing with it on the daily, and 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 this goes back to anything experiential. I don't care what it is. Building a building a car to your own health, the people that are actually putting their hands to the work and seeing the results for themselves are the ones that we should be talking to and finding out what their experience is. And then going back to, like you said, becoming that experiment of one. When it comes to our health, nobody knows us. Helen, in a lot of cases, we don't know us because we haven't played around enough to know what our body's going to do. Those of us that have been in health and fitness, we have. We've, we've tested all kinds of shit on ourselves. In fact, we were probably human biology experiments in some cases, depending on how much stuff we put through our systems. Right. Most people never go through that. Right. If you don't take the time to at least, you know, test and that not recklessly please don't just take the first damn thing that you find online and start throwing it in your body bad idea you know find out what find out what you got to find out from your doctor get your blood tested you know all that kind of stuff do all the tests before you start screwing around with yourself on the things like what you're discussing these are things that are just simple nutrition that's stuff you can start experimenting with today i mean sugar-free jello the hell's that gonna do to hurt you you know, I mean, honestly, unless you've got some real weird uh, allergic reaction to gelatin, which I don't know a single human, I've never heard of that one before, but, you know, it's possible. Well, um, I, I, always, I always suggest with anything that um, we, what you see a lot of is people will, will hear about some protocol and they'll try it and they'll get some adverse reaction. Well, it didn't work for me, but, but it's kind of like the way to understand it is like um, food is a workout for the body. It takes tremendous. I was going to say, was it a real adverse reaction though? Or was it just yeah. your body going, Hey, this is new. We need some time to mm -hmm. adjust to this. Yeah. The, the analogy is it's very similar to like, if you were a power lifter and then you changed up in one day to a marathon runner, um, you, wouldn't do so <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't really do good. Okay. You wouldn't even nor, really do nor good. Nor would you look like, good doing it. <laughs> yeah. Even, even reducing it to just running a mile wouldn't be so great. Or even just running around the block wouldn't be good but you could take a walk around the block. And oh, so dang. if you baby step into anything, you'll, you're going to get a very different experience. Go. And so like whenever you try anything new, just try a very, very small amount. Like if it's, if it's some new food, mm -hmm. uh, like I have this thing in the book of like, uh, hey, try green beans, but try them, try them raw. It doesn't work right. for everybody. Some right. people just don't handle it well. And so just try a little, try half a green bean and see how you do. Like start, start small, incrementalize. And then, and then if, if you're okay, kind of work your way up. I, I, I think most people miss the fact that it's a baby step effect, no matter how much you do it, or it's a baby yeah. step process yeah. with, with a potential mass effect that right. could happen in your own body. Because when your body realizes, oh shit, I'm being fed the right thing for once, it's going to react. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it, no matter what you yeah. do to it, whether, whether it's like, you know, the chiropractors talk about this, you realign your back and all of, a, all of a sudden new pains pop up. Well, because the nerve was blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. You start feeding yourself the right foods and all of a sudden your gut goes wild. I feel like shit. I feel nauseous. Well, because you're feeding it the right kind of stuff and it's changing out. You've got to give, you've got to give it time to settle properly so you can get to the right kind of balance or your results will show up. Yep. 
no matter how you look at it. So yeah. what would be what would be a real good suggestion as far as taking baby steps like this? What would what would be a good piece of advice to somebody who's listening to this and going, okay, so I should probably try something. What should they start with? What how how would you suggest they begin taking a look at the picture? Uh, you know, I give this protocol in my book that talks about um, uh, starting with some amino acids uh, in the gut. Uh, you have a lot of people who have inflamed gut issues. And, yeah, a ton. Uh, you know, yeah, so hopefully, hopefully you're working with a practitioner. Um, but what a lot of practitioners are familiar with using glutamine in the gut, but not so much familiar with the other aminos. So, you know, you can look at using a combination of aminos. Uh, so glycine, arginine, tryptophan, mm -hmm. uh, 309. <clears throat> Um, valine and uh, glutamine together mm -hmm. and you can do those at night and it can have a very powerful sort of healing effect on the gut you know if you if, you, if you're starting there and, and what I would suggest is just you know uh, take those to your practitioner and go hey can we try this um, and then along with that the the, the protocol I give in the book is uh, apple skins red phenols and um, and HMO powder which is just baby formula you can get mm -hmm. it at Walmart like 15 mm -hmm. bucks mm -hmm. um, now a lot of people Kind of, kind of look at the baby formula and, and go, I don't want all this other junk, but um, that's what I use. It works fantastic. And uh, get on that and try it in the mornings, maybe again at lunch for, you know, 10, 15 days. And uh, what most people will report is they feel pretty amazing, pretty incredible. Um, it's a very powerful protocol again. So start there because... Red phenols. Like let's let's uh, dig on. What, what, are, what are those? Just, just red powders from things like, um, things like uh, raspberries and pomegranates and yeah, it's just an easy way to get a ton of phenols without having to eat like 55 pounds of fruit. Yeah, um, yeah. And, considering. Yeah. Jeez. yeah. So that's, a, that's an easy start. And what, what mm -hmm. you'll find is that um, as, as the gut function starts to kind of optimize, every, it's, it, what it's doing is taking the slope. So, so the slope of difficulties here, and then what it's doing is moving it to here. So it's right. just making everything easier. Okay. You know, and then from there, that, that's an easy start for most people. I would... Um... I would like to know what brands you not don't have to say it here on the on the but I'd, mm -hmm. after this I'd love, I'd like to know what brands you would suggest are the probably the healthiest. Um, and then if somebody that's listening or watching wants to know, send me a message. I'll be happy to to share with you what he shares with me. Um, for for yeah. for for the desire of not trying to promote a, a particular product, I just I want to know what you do because um, yeah. I actually have a broad spectrum amino that I only take after workouts. I didn't realize that this could probably be a good idea for me right before bed along with an HMO and, and, uh, and the phenols or you know, whatever. Um, my mom who's 81 has been struggling also as well to mm -hmm. lose weight. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking maybe if I give that to her before bed, mm -hmm. that her mornings will be easier for her to wake. Cause like right now she sleeps a lot. Um, and, and half of that is, I think half of that is just the fact of boredom because there's not a lot to do right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't need to, you know, take care of her gut. That is that. And she does get that stuff. She understands how that works. 81, she's still got good faculty and she's, she knows that she needs to eat right. Um, but that's something that would probably in, mm. in my mind, that could help her a lot. Yeah. A lot. Uh, what you find with older people, particularly with this COVID thing, is that um, the the immune system is kind of hyperactivated from age in the wrong direction? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you find that they're in this state of constant uh, oxidative stress, what's called senolytic stress, and sort of um, 
there's a thing called the inflammasome, which refers to the spectrum of things that inflame the body. Mm -hmm. So everything's just hyperactivated. And so they're just very depleted in resources that, that, that healthy people are walking around with no problem yeah. that easily fight off, you know, things. And, and a yeah. lot of it has to do with antioxidant status. So uh, getting, getting the gut kind of lined up a little bit more at that age will affect the entire body uh, dramatically. And then the other thing is body fat. So body fat, please, we didn't really get into that here, but. Um, well, we'll, we can get into it another time. You're coming back. We, we need to talk more that there's, there's a, there's a lot to discuss. Um, Cause yeah. that's one of her biggest challenges is her weight. She has gained a lot of weight. Um, yeah. Part of it is a lack of activity. The other part is, you know, we're kind of limited on um, what we eat. And, mm -hmm. and when I say limited, it's only because I'm the only one that goes out shopping. You know, uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm the youngest in the family. I get to take care of mom. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, so I'm trying to I'm trying to find the best way to to maximize what we have, um, and keep her healthy. Um, at the same mm -hmm. time, I have an 18 year old son. I was a single dad for the last, you know, six seven years. Um, oh. So I've got two sides of the spectrum. I've got 81 and eight, 81 and 18. I just realized what that is. Flip. Um, uh, so yeah, you're you're a real man. You're taking care of your family. That's a real man. I appreciate that. Um, the The idea of of wanting to see her live her golden years as golden versus, yeah. you know, the alternative. Yeah, uh, and yeah. and I would I think this is for anybody, and not not just you know not just my mom, but yeah. I mean if there's if there's a way to, um, if there's a way to help sl slow that process of decay, because oh, dramatically, yeah, it, then, dramatically, then, yeah. yeah, it would I I it's worth it to me. Um, oh gosh, dramatically, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. So they, so they, they get the book. They start with the protocols. I'm definitely starting. I'm going to try myself too because Lord knows I've gained a bit, of, a bit of weight myself. Um, what other things can you suggest that might be a good? I mean, what what indicators are there? What other indicators can somebody pay attention to that might actually tell them there's something up? Uh, well, really, um, energy aches um energy aches and your sleep are kind of like what you want to what you want to look at um and really they're all one thing it's all one thing we just think of them as separate things but it's really all one thing so what happens as we get older is your blood uh gets less viscous it doesn't flow as well yeah. when it doesn't flow as well it doesn't reach all the places it needs to reach and those places start compensating through all these different inflammatory processes um, and when that happens, uh, energy production begins to die off. And, and so there's this sort of like snowball effect that happens. Um, there's even a name for it. It's called the secretory associated, um, uh, the, the, excuse me, it's called the um, senolytic secretory associated phenotype. Um, and it has to do with just everything is getting inflamed in the body. So, you know, really number one is correct sleep because what happens during sleep is most of us have issues with airway flow. As uh -huh. we age, the cheeks start to collapse, the jaw starts to collapse, the inner yep. airway starts to collapse. Yep. You know, yep. all this starts to collapse. And when that happens, you're taking in less airway. But that's like throwing kerosene on the fire of aging. So you gotta correct that. And the easiest mm -hmm. way to do it is just get some breathe rights. You know, get your get your uh, nasal flow, get your I get your do those every night. I, yeah. I live with then, those things. It's I have in my book, it's called the Seattle Protocol. And then the next thing is you wanna get some mouth tape here. So you're not breathing through the mouth and you're breathing through the nose, you're going to oxygenate the brain about 20% better. So that's going to protect against you're, cognitive you're, decline. So you're going to love this. Right. I just had Molly McLaughlin here on the, on the podcast last week. Molly McLaughlin's company is called Sleep is a Skill. Mm. 
it you is. are you are reiterating just almost verbatim what she was saying <laughs> on that podcast with regards <laughs> to taping the mouth, keeping the nostrils open so you feed your brain. All that stuff matters. So oh, yeah. if, if yeah. you guys it's haven't so heard, easy. it's such an easy correction. You know, you would, and, but most people never. It's funny. I I discovered breathe rights probably back in uh, what twenty. I want to say 2014, 2015, I think, mm. is when I first discovered those. When I when I use them, I dream. When I don't use them, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, hello. It's kind of a telltale shot right there. Yep. If you're getting yep. oxygen to the brain, the brain is able to function, and it dreams. Yes. And loss of REM sleep, loss of dream sleep, is the most powerful effector of loss of sleep, yeah. restoration during yeah. sleep. So REM sleep is critical. Yeah. I mean, if you don't, it's the ability that gives the brain the ability to send out the signals to the rest of the body that, hey, I get it. There's inflammation here. Let's fix it. Mm-hmm. Rather than sitting there going, I need oxygen so I can even function. Yeah. Uh, oxygen. So, lack of oxygen. Um, I, I don't think I'll get into this here because it's too complex and we're a little long in the show in terms of like everybody's brains, you know, keeping up with this. But we still got, we uh, got, a, we got a few minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a protein called hypoxia-inducible factor one. And the way to understand it is that um, your body has all these backup mechanisms. Oxygen, um, I, I don't think I'll get into this here because it's too complex and we're a little long in the show in terms of like everybody's brains, you know, keeping up with this. But We still got, we uh, got, a, we got a few minutes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a protein called hypoxia-inducible factor one. And the way to understand it is that... Um, your body has all these backup mechanisms. Uh, you need two things to be alive. You need um, you need food and you need air. Okay, yep. food, water, yep. air. Okay, yep. Yep. and when you don't get um, food in the body, you need energy. Energy and air. And air. That's what you need. Yep. You don't get food. Your body has all these backup mechanisms to make energy. Okay, yep. so it's got it's got it's got a go-to system. But when it comes to oxygen, when you don't get oxygen, uh, there's no the go-to system. Are, well, there is. It's called HIF one. And what HIF-1 does is it essentially when there's not enough oxygen, it basically allows the body to adapt to um, oxygen deprivation. The Oof. problem is normally what happens with this protein is that it's, it gets dissipated. It gets, uh, it's, it's in the cytosol uh, and it gets uh, what's called ubiquinated. It means it just gets broken up and dissipated yeah. and used for yep. spare parts. Yep. But once, when, when you have sustained oxygen deprivation, uh, like, like sleep apnea, during sleep mm-hmm. not getting enough oxygen, what happens is you get a condition called pseudohypoxia, where HIF-1 will stabilize. Yeah. And when it stabilizes, it's really, really bad because it becomes a gene activator. It'll translocate into the nucleus and activates all these genes that are all associated with cancer. So oh, great. sleep apnea <laughs> and lack of oxygen during sleep, like one-to-one correlates to cancer <laughs> onset. So fixing that is like a really big deal. Yeah, I would say. It's kind of interesting because my, my <laughs> I might explain what happened to my dad. Uh, my father passed away of cancer in 2000. And oh, he had, uh, and he had sleep apnea. Mm. And what you just said, just kind of like, you know what? He snored really bad for years mm-hmm. yep. um, and did not get a lot of sleep. And he worked really, he was a truck driver. Mm. Um, he'd be up at 3.30 in the morning. He'd get home at about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. He would eat a massive meal and go right to bed mm. and snore. Wow. Yeah, and, I, and, and after when they finally found out that he had cancer, <clears throat> uh, he, he had to change like a lot. He even had to go out on walks and try to get some kind of exercise. And 
his meals had to change. My mom took him to Mexico for the, for the, um, uh, natural treatments that they do over there. Um, cause yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it here. Um, and, and just tried everything. Um, but and he had the CPAP machine and all that stuff. It, just, it was hard for him because it's like, I, how do you sleep with something like that on your face at night? You know, your, 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 your body's never had that before. Of course, breed ride strips weren't around either yet. Um, at least not in the ready form they are now. Um, it, it was, it was rough watching him go through that. Um, and, and to know that if there were breed ride strips, he might still be alive today. So if, you know, oxygen, oxygen isn't really super necessary. I mean, I know our air is not comprised of more than what, 20% of it, but Shit, you need it. <laughs> yeah, what what? So here's a whammy you see a lot today is, um, and this is this really hasn't been talked about. And you know, it doesn't matter what side of this issue that you're on. You just need to understand mechanistically how things actually work. Because if um, if you're if you're going down this road pursuing your health, which I assume everybody is, and you're and you're you're not you're not traveling down a road based on how things actually work. You're chasing illusions. You're going to be dissatisfied. Oh, often disillusioned horribly. So. Um, most people have some form of uncorrected uh, oxygen deprivation or sleep apnea during sleep. Most people, that's very common. And now yeah. when you add to that, you're wearing masks like eight, nine, 10 hours a day. What you're doing is you're replicating sleep apnea. Yeah. You're replicating oxygen deprivation during the day. Yeah. So now it's not to say that masks are bad. There's actually benefits to wearing masks, like, uh, like short-term mask wearing. It's actually highly beneficial. Like it's very similar to um, oxygen deprivation training when you're in the gym. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like HIF-1 is neither good nor bad. It's, right. it's, it's both. And so production of HIF-1, it can be good. Like, yeah. like there's actually some benefits, like, like short term, you, you work, going to the grocery store, you wearing a mask. There's actually probably some benefits to that. Mm-hmm. It's the extended uh, long-term deprivation of oxygen that you need to really think about. And so, you know, if you're in that position where you're, you're um, not getting oxygen inadequately, you know, most of the day, sleep and then during the day you're you know you need to think about that and you need to just take steps to correct that so make sure that you're you know i think it keeps i think it keeps going back to balance and again it's Mm -hmm. like so often the health and fitness or health and wellness even uh vertical has gone out to demonize one thing or another you know, when yeah, you look at yeah. this fat's bad, this fat's not bad anymore. This right. fat's not this, this the LDL, HDL. Then you look at it and you're like, there was a, there was a point in time where honestly I shut all of it off. I mean, I just, I'm like, y'all are full of shit. I don't care what you say. You can stop yeah. now. I'm just going to go research my own stuff. Yeah. I had a chapter in my book that really spoke to this. Um, and really what, it, what I called it uh, baby talk. And then it's nice. the idea that uh, a thing is good or a thing is bad. So, and that's, that's a hundred percent, 100% of the marketplace today is, um, this polarized kind of view of anything. So it's antioxidants are good. Free radicals are bad. Right. You know, um, uh, plants are good. Meat is bad. Meat is bad. Plants are good. Blueberries are good. Milk is bad. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, coconut oil is good. <clears throat> and the reality is that, um, and this is how things actually work is that everything can be either good or bad. It, it just depends on the context and the timing and the situation. So um, everything, like free radicals and antioxidants, I spent a, ch- a chapter on this. Um, free radicals can be really good mm-hmm. and antioxidants can be really bad. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no black and white to anything in, when it comes to the body. 
I, that's and I think that's again because of how easy it is to portray one or the other in any platform, a media platform, written, yeah. video, audio, doesn't matter. It's not hard to sway a, a general populace because most of them don't have time to go do this research. No, we love to be polarized. We love like we we love to kind of. Humans love pick a topic and you know humans love drama. Let's put it that we way. We love drama. Yeah. It's it's really sad, um, be, and I'm I'm being absolutely frank here. It's really sad to see how much humans love drama, because they're looking for they're looking for a hill to conquer. Right. It's like guys, this isn't this isn't a fucking mountain that you need to conquer. That's not what this is about. Right. This is about living a life. This is about living in an adventure. And understanding yes. your understanding your body, you're gonna have hills, you're gonna have valleys. It is, and I, I know people hate this one. It is what it is. the um, The amount of balance that you put into it is what's important. You know, f- from one day to the next, if you take a pendulum and you swing it back and forth, something's gonna get cut eventually. And you really don't want to know what that that rope is tied to. It's called your health. <laughs> yes, and that's. You know, really, all we're after is how, how things actually work. That's all we're really after here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so in the pursuit of how things actually work, um, we have to really like depolarize our minds from mm-hmm. you know what we think because if you just give things enough time, almost always things work differently than the way we thought they did. Mm-hmm. And you know, a really good example I leave in the book about this is um, the mitochondria. Yeah, we've heard for years about how the mitochondria are like the be all end all source of you know life and you know like like all you gotta do is fix the mitochondria and you know get them to procreate and you're gonna live longer and all that. Wonderful. And it's not really how it works. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not how it, I mean it is, but it's not. It's and I, and I give the case that um, the there's these other organelles within our cells called the peroxisomes, mm-hmm. and really the emerging view is that's probably most correct is that they are co-equals and co-organs with the yeah. mitochondria and they both work like pedals on a bike. Like mm-hmm. is one pedal more important than the other? No, they kind of need both. Yeah. And that the best way to get the things that we're seeking may not be trying to tweak the mitochondria because you can do more harm than good, but instead yeah. going after um, uh, tweaking peroxisomes and clearing peroxisomes out. And that might be the best way because what you do to the one affects the other. So you know, uh, there's, there's, it doesn't work the way we thought it did. And the way things actually work, uh, seems to be very different. And, and that you'll find that's true just generally across the board. You know, what's interesting. You, 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 you there's a word that you used might, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it, it speaks of, I, I've, and I've heard this before. If, if you look at some of the translations of, of ancient texts into Greek, mm. and how today we are so I hate to say we're absolutionists, but we yes, want an answer. Right. We want an yep. answer and we want that yes. answer to stick right. 100% yeah. or I don't want to hear yeah. it. And it's like, I don't think you get it. Yep. There's no absolute when it comes to your body and your health. There's what may work and it may work for a time, but note that your body is going to change. And as it changes, what might have worked previously may no longer work in the future. It's interesting, and the reason I mentioned Greek is because when you do certain translations from, from any language into Greek, Greeks had a tendency to be um, approximates. They spoke in approximations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was wow. never anything that was directly on, on this particular day, at this particular hour, this is what was said, and this is how it went. It was like, well, you know, in and around this time, this is kind of how it went. Mm-hmm. 
And it drives people nuts today because we have so much information available to us that we can sit there and go, there, that's the answer. And yet at the same time, somebody on the other side starts looking like George Conlon going, oh, he's full of shit. You know, it's, it's, there is, there, we cannot be that. I don't, there's just no room for being an absolutist when it comes to your health. I could not agree with you more. Uh, I would have said the same thing myself. Um, it's, you really just hit it with a hammer there. That's it, it is, you know, something I talk about uh, is that we have to, language conditions how you think. Yeah. And so the words that we choose to use uh, very much def- decide our minds for us. And just by picking different words, we can really open our minds up. Um, so it's very important that, um, and I think what you said is, is really fascinating in that an entire culture can just by virtue of the language itself sort of think a certain way, but it's only because the language itself limits the way that they think. Yeah. For example, the examples, Eskimos and snow, words for snow. We've got one word, snow, snow, snow. No, it's yeah. not. There's 18 or 20 or however many words there are for snow. Yep. And when it comes to the body, um, really like the best way to look at it is I, I like to use this phraseology, which is the emerging view seems to suggest yeah. meaning like, mm, this is what it seems to suggest. And, you know, it's, it, it, it could get revised, you know, not hundred percent sure. And, and sort of this definitiveness, uh, in fact, the thing that if you're listening to this, the thing that I think is really important to understand is that um, I, I spent a lot of time reading science papers, like, you know, a lot, like mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And, there's this debate that's been bubbling up for a few years now about um, the lexicon of um, the, the, the framework that mm-hmm. currently exists to describe what we're seeing in the body and that it doesn't, it, it, we need a new framework because what we're seeing doesn't fit the, the way we thought things worked. And the, the way we thought things worked was reductionism that, you know, you could just reduce things down to, you know, causal sort of like agents and go, oh, well, see, this one thing is the reason for everything else. And if you just take this one thing and, and, and then follow it down the daisy chain, you'll get the answer. But there's a paper. I'm so glad I never read those because I can tell you right now, I would have disagreed with it. There's just, there's just too much in life that suggests otherwise. Don't get me wrong. Science, science has its place and its purpose. And I, and I agree with what they, what they do. But when you, when you get to that absolutist kind of position, you're going to forget something that, that also contributed to it. You can't, I just I just don't see it. So you, and you said a new study just came out that that said what? Well, there's there's a paper in the Atlantic published uh, a few years ago now, probably about five, six, seven years ago, and it was um, some scientists talking about this problem that we need a new um, language to describe the reality of what we're seeing in the body. And, and basically, to sum it up, they said that you know we used to think it, that things were reductionistic, but the more the emerging view is that things seem to be operating according to a top-down master map that mm-hmm. controls everything all at once and they encapsulated it by um, the, trying to describe the interaction of a particular neuron. And it looked like a horror map, like a spaghetti map. And, they, and basically the scientist at the end of it just said, everything does everything to everything. That's how it works. <laughs> that's, and, and that's the truth. Like everything and, and I was going to say that that is probably the best way to describe humankind. Is... <laughs> Think about it. I mean, we don't, it's, it's not one thing. We all have, look at humankind as how much we affect each other. There's no one factor. 
I mean, everybody wants to say, well, it's this reason or it's that reason. It's like, no, it's every reason. And yeah, you can attribute certain factors to certain outcomes. But if you're going to say it's just that one factor, you've missed a whole bunch of other shit that probably happened as well. You know, why, why did this person get cancer this way? And they, they lived a clean life and they lived healthy. And uh, the guy that ran marathons at the age of 42 drops of a heart attack. The hell's that about? You know, the, and, and versus the guy who lives to, what, 95 smoking cigars and drinking coffee every day of, of his life. The hell is that about? How is that possible? You exercise, you, you don't live as long. So, so you don't exercise? I, I, here's a story. Um, and, and for the life of me, I, 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 I only remember this because I had heard years ago that a doctor said, if you really want to live a good life, get sleep, drink water, and take a walk every day. And I thought about it, uh, a gentleman that um, I knew yeah. of. I didn't know him personally. Um, but he used to be a landscaper at a hotel. Sweet old Filipino man. Not that his ethnicity has anything to do with it. Um, but he would, he, would ride to, he would ride to work on his bike from Lahaina. I'm from Maui, so from Lahaina all the way out to um, Kapalua. Well, that's a, that's a long-ass ride. But he would ride to work every day. And he would ride home every day. Now, to work is uphill. From work is obviously oh. down. This old man was probably one of the nicest people you ever met. Mm. Strong, out there doing landscaping work, just smiles, real, real cool guy. One day, and I had learned about, you know, he rides to work every day. I'm like, guy doesn't have a car. It's like, no, he bikes here. I'm like, what the hell? Um, very, just very mellow person. One day, not there. I asked, I said, hey, where is he? And they said, oh, you didn't hear. I said, no, I said, he passed away. I'm like, wow, that sucks. He was such a nice guy. How old was he? 93. What? And he wow. had been writing to work every day wow. until the age of 93. And I'm like, please wow. tell me it was natural wow. causes. They says, yeah, apparently he just didn't wake up. I'm like, okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. He didn't die of a heart attack or some weird shit that would have been just like, there's no way. Come on. Hmm. But he, it's, it, he, he did what the doctor said. I mean, obviously he ate whatever food he was he was eating but he took his exercise he got his sleep he you know the man was well past retirement age he was still working <laughs> but that 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 again that speaks to that's one kind of human what were the absolute factors they're not going to be the same for me i don't have the same kind of time that he does or did i don't have the same kind of diet he did i can guarantee you that you know uh, he probably liked other foods than I did too. He probably has no idea what HIF one is or or phenols or anything like that. And yet, look how long he lived. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gotta, yeah. So it's like we can't be. I, I like the whole. I, I like it. It's a spaghetti bowl. I agree. <laughs> I think. I think the big thing is figuring out in that spaghetti bowl, what's the tastiest spaghetti, and do you like some parmesan on it? <laughs> It's fantastic. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm just yeah. do you like Parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. There, you know, there's a there, something I think about from time to time is uh, something that's been lost is that there was a there was a form of uh, discourse that um, people used to engage in when we didn't have email and the internet and social media where we could just you know get social reward points for slamming other people. <laughs> um, you know, there was you, a way. You mean the science community? <laughs> No, just just the whole thing of like uh, you know 
like you can get outrage points, you know, you can get attention points for, you know, picking your stump and your hill to die on. Yeah, right. But there was a way that people used to communicate via letters where, um, when you go look at some of these great thinkers, you know, they, they would write letters to each other over a number of years on different topics. And it wasn't vitriolic exchanges. It was just, you know, you have people with opposing viewpoints that would write these very long letters and, and, you know, the, the recipient would very carefully consider and reflect upon those things. And, you know, sometimes over a period of 20 years, you know, one party might come to another mm. position. And so, you know, after all this time, I, I, I kind of have come, I must state that I have come to agree with your position erstwhile, sir, lord, your servant, you know, you get this, but you would have, um, you would have an exchange of ideas. And, uh, that can be very rewarding and very stimulating and you can learn a lot. You know, they, I, I always maintain the answers are not in what you know, they're in what you don't know. Um, all the answers are in things you don't know. And um, it keeps us from, you know, swallowing our heads up and thinking we have things figured out. But uh, I, I, wish, I, I wish there was more of that. I, I don't know what the percentage is to that statement of truth, which is when you don't know, mm-hmm. when you don't know, <clears throat> you play the part of the fool most often. Um, I don't know if you ever heard that one. A, a, a man that yeah. knows that knows he doesn't know as a child, teach him. A man that knows that he knows is wise, learn from him. A, a man doesn't know what he doesn't know is a fool. Shun him. When you have when you have that type of of discourse, what you're talking about, which which is <clears throat> which is exactly how it ought to be done. You listen. You take them and see. Everything's become so. Now, we debate this now. And we come to a conclusion now. And it's like, well, hold on a second. It took some people, like you said, it took some 20 years because evidence was not appearing in front of them. Mm-hmm. It was appearing in front of somebody else. Sometimes it took two, five, 10, 20 years before the other side would go, I hadn't considered that. The medical community is, is famous for that one. Science community is also famous for that one. I hadn't considered that. I didn't realize that that existed. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and oh. this, this paper that came out you know, five, seven years ago saying yeah it's all a spaghetti bowl when new evidence appears how do we find it how do we know unless we have that kind of discourse where somebody goes well i saw this okay that's interesting how did that come about what were the conditions around it Mm -hmm. oh that makes sense okay so under these circumstances i wonder what other circumstances this could become a reality yeah, the history of science is, uh, is the history of being completely wrong while we were absolutely sure we were right. <clears throat> and so... Um, uh, the, and, the, and, the biggest, and the biggest discoveries were shunned, completely shunned, and shoved out mm-hmm. of the science community as, as heresy. And then later on when it became real, it's like they had already died and passed away. And it's like, um, but didn't they say that was not correct? <laughs> Yeah, you, you hear these uh, assertions, uh, you know, regarding things like settled science and settled, the, the, the settled, the, 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 there's nothing settled ever, ever. Um, and really, you know, it's very easy to, it's very easy to sort of um, infantilize your mind and, mm-hmm. and think that, uh, you know, like what you're doing is you're, you're really putting yourself, you're being an adult child by just sort of, you know, Kicking in whatever. Okay, well, it must be true because you know because my authority figure said it. You know, but the real truth is that um, what we know is just this ever-evolving proposition. And you know, I like to use the example of um, we don't really know if the speed of light is really constant. It it probably is, but it might not be. 
And I think there's it is. some evidence that it's not constant, yeah. it's actually a variable. And if it's a variable, then everything we think we knew is wrong. Now, it, we don't know. It, <clears throat> we should leave a little percentage in our brains that, um, that says, well, um, we believe that the speed of light is, you know, 186,000 miles per second. And, we, and, you know, it seems that it's been consistent, but it may not have been, you know, uh, there's, there's still, you know, there's a tiny emerging body of evidence. It might not be, we don't know if that's valid, but, you know, <clears throat> what we're doing we know, is. We know, we know it bends. And if yeah, we know that, if we know that we it think, bends, what happens to the speed when it bends? Yeah, we don't exactly. Know. So it's, we know the best <laughs> that we know up to this point, yeah, but we don't yeah. actually know definitively one way or the other, yeah. you know? So everything we think we know is sort of like, mm, we probably know this, but we may not. Yeah, and that, and that worries me about advanced civilizations because they could just ruin it for all of us. But anyway, uh, it's a good point, though. I mean, I think, I think the bottom line is, is what you say as far as keeping that little percentage of, hey, you know, there could be some evidence here that we haven't seen yet. You know, we, we, are, we, we, we know what we know, and that's great. And we can live according to what we do know. But if we are close to new evidence, which seems to be happening a lot these days, Mm, yeah. um we miss uh we miss the experiential factor we miss the the experiential authority of our own selves of what we know what we wow. don't know that's a great way of putting it experiential authority of what we don't know that's such a great way of putting it i mean we have we have <laughs> <laughs> we have a brain that can think i just mm. wish more people would um we're at that spot, brother. We've we've hit we've hit the mark, and I I've got other things I want to talk to you about <laughs> when it comes to things like fat loss, weight loss, things of all that nature. Can I get you back? Yeah, we'll do it again. Okay, yeah, I I really do want to talk more. Um, I think this was phenomenal. I I I thank you for the insights. Um, definitely, again, after this is done, I want to get some some thoughts on what we can get for the for the beginning on the gut health because Lord knows I could use it. My sleep's a wreck right now, uh, only because of a lot of what we're doing. Um, if you want to find Joel Green. Joel's going to tell you where. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so go to uh, veepnutrition.com. Spell that. And that's a veep, <coughs> excuse me, V like Victor, E like Edward, E like Edward, P like Paul, veep like the TV show. Okay. And then the word nutrition. So it's all one word, veepnutrition.com. And, um, or you could just do a search for the immunity code in Google and, uh, we've got an ad at the very top. You can click on that. It'll take you right there. And, uh, there's all our goodies there. And, um, uh, yeah, so you go there and, you know, get your stuff. Uh, and you're, and you're on social. I am. I'm so I am new to Instagram, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm you there. following here. So uh, check me out on real, real Joel green on Instagram. Sweet. We'll put that link in the description. I've got a bunch of others here for you as well. Uh, I believe you're also on LinkedIn and yep, you're on LinkedIn. Uh, you transcend.fit. What's that? Uh, transcend is the corporate wellness sort of uh, side of things. My, gotcha. my partner, Robert Green, so the Dr. Phil show and I have just done engagements there for years. And so that's like our corporate wellness stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. So if you're in that realm, you're HR or somebody that's looking for a, for a good candidate for a corporate wellness program, please reach out to Joel via transcend.fit. Uh, want to thank you again, brother, for coming in and hanging out with me. Um, yeah, thank you. It was it, 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 quite enlightening, really, um, with regards to some of this stuff. So um, that's some new things I can try because, and I'm sure anybody that's listening has also picked up at least five or 10. Um, or, or, or they've been or they've been not paying attention uh, we'll have him back uh, I'm not entirely sure when when this uh, 
if you have questions make sure that you go ahead and you can post them in the comments down on uh, whether you're subscribing subscribing i keep forgetting these things subscribing here on youtube or downloading subscribing on uh, your favorite podcast platform may feel free uh, you'll find joel green around just you know google his name he's on other podcasts too you guys uh, i'm young uh, and and he'll he'll be back on this one we're going to get into some other stuff real soon so um, thank you again everybody for watching for listening you know how we love to end this we love every one of you make sure you stay up stay healthy stay safe and live your best life possible from uh, both of us to all of you this is java chat ciao for now on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.